Welcome to Growing Unicorns, where every week, Holly Chen and me, Karina Edwards, come together with some fun guest hosts at a live interactive discussion where we unpack stories from the trenches while we're working with some of the fastest growing unicorns today. Casey, welcome to the Growing Unicorns. My name is Holly. Karina cannot make it this time around, but we're really excited to have a new guest, Casey Chen, to join us. So I will have Casey to introduce himself. Hi, everyone. My name is Casey. I work in the growth marketing for a few years now. been flowing around different countries. I'm based in London at the moment, but in my previous project and roles, it brings me to all kind of interesting companies from the enterprise, huge Chinese software company to a boutique sex scale up in London. So uh, I've been working in different countries, particularly different scale of the business. You can't know, like, even for a simple sales marketing conversations, it might differ so much through different industry, through different regions. And um, I hope my experience will bring some insight or maybe some some memory to some of your audience, perhaps. That's awesome. Yeah, we had lots of guests from the US, but we don't often have guests from the European perspective. So I'm really glad we get to chat today. Yeah, Casey, how did you get into growth in the first place? I'm curious. So I got an interesting story. I account finance degree. I think I'm being a bit too creative to be an accountant because to be a creative accountant is not always the best thing in the world. And I started learning my so-called Firstly, this marketing from my own startup as an e-commerce company. In the groundhog days of the startup, you have to learn everything new. That was where pay search, content, website optimization, you have to learn all this stuff from scratch. Obviously, with those experience, you tend to learn from the best practice, from those best providers, best strategy thinkers. And obviously, learning is one thing, but actually applying to different scenarios, it kind of allow me to say, ah. Oh, this things might not be as it being written on like what the software provider would tell you to do. So I think lesson learned from a lot of like different experience, pick up from different people, different team members. And um, that's how I go up from a digital marketeer to a, I would call it a growth marketeer, linking more sales and marketing and customer success together as what HubSpot tried to Peach is still a flywheel scenario that everything should link up together. And I think marketing will be a good tool to be a linchpin to all the department of different organizations. And growth kind of accelerate the spin rate, increase the cadence. And I think that's where particularly a lot of scale-ups, enterprise companies are looking for regarding to the next wave of growth. So Mm -hmm. that's where the whole circle kicks in. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. I uh, totally agree with that. Uh, the flywheel and the fast iteration is one of the essence of growth. And you mentioned that like you've been spending some time in video space and video obviously is very hot right now and there's um, different social platforms and video recording, video sharing and just video itself becomes more and more of the norm. There's remote work and et cetera. How do you see video as the growth tool? Yeah, for sure. I think even before COVID, before the pandemics, you know, I think there's, if you ask a typical B2B sales marketing teams, what's the best tools to get leads to close sales? They would say events. They would say face-to-face meeting. The whole reason is that is to create not just like chit-chat, but actually to understand 
the other parties, uh, let's say, growth wishes or pain points. And obviously, with uh, COVID, and a lot of people are staying indoors. But at the same time, so many different videos have different qualities. And I think the trend for 2022 is that uh, particularly if you're decision makers, particularly if you're a bright person, how can you leverage a channel that is more personalized to you, actually can deliver the message a little bit uh, more direct way. And uh, I felt like video, particularly for B2B, uh, is one of the tools that it can make you stand out. And for the last few months, and I spent a lot of time in uh, a financial technology scale-up, um, I think particularly in some of the old traditional industry like like legal, uh, insurance, uh, fintech, or even uh, crypto, video actually can make you stand out because it can you can deliver the, the message a bit more clear. I think one of my best suggestions is that to leverage one-on-one video a bit better and also all this video that about technical aspect of your, let's say, valuable positions. Because um, one-on-one video, I still think, particularly for those traditional sectors, it can really deliver the message more directly to those time pool personnel. And I ultimately, if you make you stand out, make you connect it with your audience, then that's half the battle of growth, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you mentioned several different formats of video, right? Like it can be a one-on-one video and then you can be educational video. What's in your mind, how do you categorize the different variations of video and their formats and usage? In a typical sales funnel, there's like many, many, particularly for B2B, they might have like so many different stakeholders. They're in a different um, stage of the decision-making process. I think for those, like the educational video is perfectly fine for those uh, top funnels, awareness stage uh, engagement. But when we talk about, let's say, a more like a account-based marketing approach, particularly those clients that you tend to know them already. So in my sectors, which is in fintech, financial institutions, you tend to know your customer already. But the question is, how can you engage with those stakeholders within a, let's say, large firm? How can you push a large deal across the board? So in my mind, some of the one-on-one uh, video platforms, such as Drift, Winyard, they are great too for sales personnel or a customer success team personnel to use so that... Uh, not only you, I'm a data-driven guys. If you cannot track, if you can't measure, you can't improve. And I think some of those platform, those two are two of the many that uh, allow you to group all the data together into your, let's say, your CRM, so that you can see all these digital touch points, how they perform. For example, like whether people actually click the video, open the videos, to which point they drop off. And more importantly for B2B, it always can match a call to action that get us that link to those video page. And I think for particularly for time pool decision makers in those traditional sectors, it really gives them a different perspective on, for example, like what to do next. And I think at the end of the day, particularly for account-based marketing, you tend to know those people already. But in order to make those uh, engagement more meaningful, I think if you can't meet them personally, then I think one-on-one video would be the next best tool to recreate those eureka moments. Mm-hmm. What's uh, uh, some of the effective ways to actually 
make sure the person sees the video? Do you send them an email? Do you send a link to a landing page? Is the video embedded? Do you try to send this one video to the person? Or like, what are some of the ways that you actually execute those? That's the official way. And I would say the Casey way. So according to those uh, platforms, I think you can always uh, put, let's say, a a very easily generated thumbnail on the email or on the LinkedIn message. For example, like let's say I wave a hand, say, hello, Holly, this is a message for you, something like that. In comparison to all the other, let's say, email content that they might have like 100, if not 1,000 per day that make you stand out, number one. So that will kind of like improve the click rate. And I think secondly, I think the art of video messaging is not to put too much at the beginning and make it clear. So for example, like if you just summarize into a simple fear of missing out value proposition statement and click, that's far more useful, far more effective for those people to actually say, hmm, this is something that might be in it for me. I have to click to find out. And I think what we do allow you to do is that you can combine the visual element of text, graphic, and a bit of, uh, let's say, your personality to make it stand out. And I think the artist that I think video messaging is, in my opinion, is the how to break down, let's say, a simple one-page email into, let's say, two, three, four steps in uh, B2B cycles. So in order to calculate or measure growth, you want to see on which part people drop off. And I think by breaking down, let's say, a typical email into a two, three, four parts, then you can measure which part they're interested, which part they drop off. And again, with all this uh, video platform dimension, Vineyard and Drift, you can see which timestamp people drop off. You can see which timestamp that people view more than once. And I think I allow you to do um, A-B testing. And I think it's just one of the tools that I think, particularly for the sales BDR teams, it's very easy for them to learn and then adapt. So. It just from my experience that something that is really easy to adapt internally and for external people, it just a bit refreshing to have a different perspective on the same message. So. Yeah, yeah. What kind of data have you seen in your work on open rates or click-through rate or, or action rate, conversion rate? What have you seen the difference between an email versus a video message? Can I say the video message still need to be delivered either via email or via LinkedIn. So the channel are still email, LinkedIn, or a chat box. Okay. But to answer your question, because the video can sometimes be hosted on a simple landing page. So the call to action can be personalized if you have this uh, know-how on how to do a bit more personalized uh, approach on your landing page. So for, for example, like in my examples, we have uh, different pillars for our target audience. So rather than like have like a, either a standard email that with standard CTA or a like a typical one-on-one sales BDR email that they have to spend hours and hours to perfect it, we can make the video message as the so-called first gauge of contact first, okay? And by combining our CRM data, then we can, when people do click on the video, we can show different call to actions on the landing page. For example, like if we know that they are still awareness stage, then the call to action on the video message will be more towards awareness. 
but the same message towards a different, let's say, stakeholders within the company, we can show them different call to actions. So I think to answer your question, the, the metric-wise, I think it really, really saved BDR and sales team a lot of times, particularly on like creating those so-called bespoke one-on-one email that normally generate those uh, middle-of-the-funnels conversions. But also at the same time, by actually showing the BDR and sales team's personality, it actually drive the click rate, drive the conversion rate substantially. And my examples with my current project is that uh, by using Vineyard, we engage engagement rate by three times. So that's quite a good substantial improvement. And also fundamentally, I think it adds value on showing the personality of the people. And I think that's where we really, I would call that increase your stickability of the brand on people's minds. How do you uh, define engagement rate? Oh, yeah. So firstly, by click-through, then um, obviously with the CRM platform, we can kind of put a, a gauge on like to extend, let's say, this activity move, let's say, a deal opportunity further down the line. And um, I think I'm a bit of a CRM geek. So I think anything that, that, I, that we can link to the central database for the CRM, it allows us to have a better visualization on where the optimization, where the engagement and so-called uh, bottleneck is. So from my experience, I think it's one of the tools, but we still have to utilize some other tools to map out all the engagement touch points, particularly offline as well, so that uh, we can drive the whole growth machine along. Yeah. Right. So you would say like the 3x of engagement rate, did you mean that 3x more people clicked on... Yes. Or responded to, or yeah. uh, clicks first, and then uh, okay. obviously ultimately the whole grail is to, to uh, book an engagement meeting or book a demos. And um, mm-hmm. there's many many different stages of um, engagement optimizations, but by far the the click through are the biggest improvement by three times. So. Oh, click through rate is three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So versus a text to, compared to the previous uh, practice that that, that we have. Yeah. Yeah, that is a very big difference. And like, how about the number of people who actually went to a pipeline, or do you track the downstream metrics of the video? For the project that I'm working on at the moment, we are the deal size. I I would say quite ginormous. So I think we actually utilize this tool particularly for the ABM scenario. I would say less about demand generations, but more on like particularly for those uh, key accounts, how can we make sure that every once in a while, those so-called touch points are meaningful? Because previously, what we do is that maybe we just send an email. They may may not open because of the current email practice. Only if they have some issue or if they have some, I don't know, suddenly they say, oh, I'm very interested to know about your product now, give me demos, which is particularly in the finance sectors is unlikely. So I think for our use of our video, particularly for the financial sectors, uh, is more on particularly on like keeping those uh, top account hot. And obviously, we do use video on the lead gen as well. But, uh, mm-hmm. but in comparison, I think, in my view, I think video messaging do make a, a lot of so-called uh, personal difference, particularly from a, from a trust perspective from the people mm-hmm. that, let's say, from our, our firm dealing with those uh, big financial institutes. 
Yeah, yeah, super interesting. Any best practices you can share around the length of the video message um, or th- what kind of goals? Yeah. I think it really depends. Anything more than a minute, then you're over earning the patience from those business decision makers. Because uh, at the end of the day, your role is, I mean, for those videos is that you want to do something afterwards, next. So my best practice is that obviously, say your, uh, let's say, my um, position or growth pain point connect to the personal touch. But a bit of a clear call to action, I think it makes a huge difference. For example, like, if you have uh, something, a research being done, events, online events that is very tailored to those clients, make that clear so that show them where to do next. And I think at the end of the day, I think particularly for those one-on-one video, even though it's one-on-one, we find out that uh, people actually, if those clients like those messages, they tend to share to those peers as well. So make them more shareable. So, for example, like show your personality, show how much actually we're talking about their company, talking about uh, the cost of doing nothing, and make the call to action clear so that by video messaging, it drives the next actions. And from my enterprise account point of view, it makes a huge difference on whether the deal is like sitting in the middle, doing nothing, or actually moving along. That's amazing. Awesome, Casey. I've learned so much about uh, video and especially its role in growth and in sales. Thank you so much for spending time with the audience today. Yeah, for sure. 